Hello and welcome to episode 237 of the Nerd Stravaganza podcast, where we endeavor to always slog uh, tenaciously through life. I'm Tom. I'm Ryan. Okay. And in tonight's episode, we'll be discussing some kind of daunting undertakings uh, that we've, we've undertaken, I guess. Like you undertake an undertaking, I suppose. Uh, in the form of, like, maybe a massive book or project or piece of entertainment. Just something that you didn't think you had any need to do and you got through it anyway. But before we get to that, I will remind our listeners that they can slog it out with us every week and should on iTunes, where we really appreciate their support and with that said let's kick things off in our usual nerd extravaganza style with our weekly geekly geekly weekly slog update <laughs> brian what have you been uh what have you been trudging through this week uh about the only thing that really like slogged through this week was uh i uh did a another anime convention with uh lae cosplay photography cool we were at uh, Anime EY, which was quite a fun convention, but, y- you know, like, you don't get to do much of it when you're a vendor. So, kind of sat around for a few hours and uh, waited for all the fun to start. How was the vending? I know the LAE cosplay photography is always a fun enterprise to work for. Pretty good. Um, a lot of people around us were doing very well. Um, I, you, you know Gaijin Taiaki, right? Uh, do I? Are they the, the ones? The fish cake people? Oh, yeah, yeah. I went to, that, that's, uh, yeah, I know those people. I went to their Halloween party. Yes, I am friends with them. I won't mention them by name for, for, uh, wanting to keep their identity private. They, they, uh, sold out Sunday. They, they were near us and, uh, chatting all week, um, or all weekend. Uh, I, you know, I did not catch her corporate name, but the, uh, young lady directly next to us that was selling Perler bead pixel art hmm. did really well. Wow. So this was a smaller convention, but the vendors really cleaned up. Yeah, it looks like it. I nice. mean, I can't speak for all of them. I mean, there was some, you know, people stuck in corners that I don't know how well they did, but overall, I think it was, uh, uh, pretty, pretty successful. Sweet. And what was it called one more time? Anime EY. Anime E. Anime E. Anime E. Hmm. Okay. Like and that E-walk. is it. Okay. Oh, I gotcha. And where is that based? Deerfield Beach. It's the Double Tree in uh, on Hillsboro. Okay. So for those this of This is kind of you... like the spiritual successor to Chibi Pop. Yeah, that, that actually makes sense. Okay, so for those of you inclined to visit the South Florida area here in the United States of America, swing by Deerfield Beach this time of year for a cool convention where you'll see Brian doing some vending. And uh, apparently some other people that I know doing some vending. Those fish cakes are awesome. We were actually, like, so what usually happens is, you know, it's, it's kind of a natural food. There's no, like, no canning, no salting, anything like that. So towards the end of the convention, they usually start, like given the vendors a break, like, hey, we need to clear this out. You guys want, like, a discount? And we were all kind of bummed. None of us got any uh, fish cakes this year. Oh, that sucks. Well, good. it's good for them. Yeah, yeah. I was speaking to them at their Halloween party, and that business is actually awesome for them. Like, it really worked out, has worked out well. They stay busy, and they uh, they sell a lot of those things, man. So, nice, really nice people, too. So, they deserve their success. 
Yeah, it's neat. Like, I mean, I saw them, I guess, two, three years ago when they started. And seriously, they're like, like the top three vendors this, this time around. It was kind of neat to see them like skyrocket. That's sweet, man. I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that they're killing it, as they say. Awesome. Anything else? Been reading, wrapped up uh, Neuromancer, and I, I really highly recommend that to either of you. Predecessor to so many things, like Johnny Mnemonic, Matrix, of course, any anything Shadowrun you're into, that's where it came from. Just just cool as shit. Yeah, I've heard that mentioned. Remember when I was on that, going through that, like, uh, fa- well, not phase. Remember when I was reading all those, like, kind of semi-academic books about virtual reality and how people, like, behave in alternate worlds and so on yeah years ago that book was mentioned more than more than once uh during my reading so i'm gonna have to check that out free on uh in the library system yeah i gotta get on that one more time the name of the free library loan system is overdrive overdrive check it out at a library near you while you can (laughs) and uh lastly i've actually getting ready to do some christmas shopping and, and i just have some like like picky friends this this year so i'm i'm going online i'm looking at like ebay to get like old collectibles that you can't just pick up at tates or anything like that and uh i don't know man i kind of forgot how fun ebay could be i haven't been able to actually get anything yet but picking it out and watching it tick down and everything it's a lot of fun man that's cool i've i haven't messed around with ebay in a while just because of all the dash hopes over the years yeah, I will say it's it's actually interesting how much fun you can have without spending a dime. Just just monitoring the auctions, you mean, or trying to spend a dime? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> well, I'm not picky. Don't feel don't uh, feel like you have to go out and. Well, well I'm, I'm presuming presuming I'm on, I'm even on the list, but uh, if I were, there, there is no chance that she will listen to this. So I don't mind telling you, my mother like has this sad story about you know her eight-year-old self like loving to play the accordion oh and i don't i don't know what exactly happened but like this wicked businessman like ha 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 i don't honor the receipts that my secretary wrote when i wasn't in the office that payment didn't count and repossessing it no what yeah (laughs) so i'm i'm trying to track down like the model accordion that she played in, in 1955 or the businessman I, either, either his head or the accordion <laughs> would, would suffice. Yeah. Right? <laughs> wow. That's like some, that's like some Dickens style. Like, uh, yeah, you'll never play again. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if you guys know this accordions are fucking expensive. Shit. I would guess so. If there's a chance of repossession, <laughs> Damn, man, I'm, that's heartbreaking. I hope you can. I hope you can make that right. How do you repossess an accordion? I mean, just show up at the person's house and say, "Give it back." Yeah, well, I guess it was like a music studio or whatever. So she had like you know a lesson one night, and he was just like, "Well, you're behind, so can't take it home." Or I don't, I don't know. Hmm. The the upside of this, the possible good outcome of this, Brian, though, is you're gonna have to listen to an accordion in the house. Are you prepared for that? Uh, yeah, I'll manage. I, I listen to really loud rock music anyway, so... Perfect. I'll drown it out. <laughs> nice. Anything else? No. 
All right, some e-commerce and some uh, real-life commerce at a real-life convention. Very very well-themed this week, Brian. All right, Cam, over to you. Can you uh, put together a... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, well, a package like Brian did, basically. I've got no vocabulary this week. I can't compare it with Brian's package. Um, so, <laughs> Zing. Good one. So, uh, boom, boom. Now, uh, I had a pretty tame week. Uh, I did, uh, had the in-laws, future in-laws in town. So that was nice. I showed them, uh, some of the South Florida haunts, took them to, you know, some couple places we like to hang out at around here and, um, Took them to game night at the, well, not at the Adventure Game Store, but at Landlubbers, as sponsored by the Adventure Game Store. Nice. And we had a good time there. Uh, I don't drink, but my brother and my future father-in-law definitely imbibed in uh, several beers and several shots, and they had a great time. Uh, and then uh, I was just getting ready for and then leaving for uh, BGGCon, which is where I'm at now. Awesome. BGG, BGG being Board Game Geek, for those people who do not know. And Correct. the Adventure Game Store being our sponsor here in our South Florida, in our balmy South Florida home. Yes, not so balmy before. I, that was kinda, it was actually really nice and cool. By our standards, I think this is still considered balmy by most Probably. of the world. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's like, a, it's like we were like walking last night at like, it's like 72. <laughs> <laughs> Another one of our famous cold fronts. Yeah. Yeah. Got to wear socks with your flip-flops. Yeah, actually, I did. Well, no, no, no. I won't, I won't cop to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome, Cam. So you've been keeping busy. Anything else? That's it, really. I mean, that's all I've had time for. Yeah, okay. I understand. The, uh, the future in-laws will take your time. <laughs> Which brings it around to me. I have been playing a lot of Kingdoms of Amalar, The Reckoning. I beat the Teeth of Naros expansion. I, like, kind of diverged from the main quest and went and did that. So now I'm, like, super um, OP, as they say, and I'm just, like, destroying everything I, I kill in the main world, or I encounter in the main world now. I'm, like, one-shotting stuff with my bow now. It's, like, that bad. Nice. Yeah, but pretty badass. Um, yeah, and apart from that, just kind of keeping busy. I'm trying to think. I want to say I did some other geeky stuff, but it's not springing readily to mind. Pretty much a hell of a lot of playing that which uh, definitely qualifies as an update. And I think, wow, this might be a really short and sweet update for me. I think that's pretty much, oh, I'm contemplating. I'm trying to put a team together for this Internet Internet of Things hackathon that's going on down here. I don't know if it's going to come to pass, but uh, I will keep you posted. I I will never mention it again if it doesn't come to pass. If it does come to pass, (laughs) I will tell you more about it. How's that? I read an article that said if you actually are too vociferous with your goals, if you state your goals openly, you tend to not um, actually meet them for some reason. I think because maybe like once they're out there, I, I don't know, they, they feel accomplished. Does that make any sense? No. Okay. <laughs> well, I th- think of all the times you or others have said, I'm going to do this and then never did it. Be careful with putting your goals out there because if you... Uh, Apparently, if you air them, you may not accomplish them. So I have no goals. And that's it for me. And that concludes the updates, which means I just, uh, I feel like something should come next. I don't, mm, like things have been going on in the world. What would you call that, Cam? Uh, Sponge cake? (laughs) Sponge Uh, cake. It's time. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> it's time for coffee and sponge cake. <laughs> time for the sponge cake extravaganza with uh, sponge cake correspondent Cam. Take it away, Cam. <laughs> no, the the news in the, the the news in the news today is uh, pretty expansive. Um, let's see. Uh, Stephen Hawking doesn't think we're going to make it past another thousand years. Did you guys I wonder see that? why? <laughs> no, I, I I wonder what got him thinking that way, though, all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, couldn't have anything to do with the latest election, I'm sure. But, uh, mm. but yeah, he thinks we uh, need to keep looking to the stars, as they say. And uh, I don't disagree. Um, speaking of the stars, um, two, a uh, little bit of Star Wars news. Number one, Carrie Fisher came out with a book. And she says that she had an affair with Harrison Ford while they were filming the original, well, episode six. No, I'm sorry, episode four. Uh, so back in 77 when they were filming, or back in the 70s, uh, she was 19, he was 33 and married. And they had a torrid three-month love affair in London. Damn, sure I mean... Star, Star Wars nerds are salivating over that, I'm sure. Oh, Yeah. I wonder. Never. Well, I wonder if she wore the if they wore the costumes or if they were. That, that would be awesome. <laughs> um, and speaking of Star Wars, you know the Nissan Rogue, that car. Yeah. The Rouge. Have you heard of it? Yeah, the Rouge, the Rogue. Um, well, it appears that uh, they've teamed up with Star Wars. I guess you know name recognition, uh, and they are producing. Um, you know, because Rogue One is coming out next month, they are producing Star Wars themed Rogue SUVs. That they're going to be limited edition, only basically. Well, I guess there's 1,100 dealerships, and each one is getting four. So that's what 4,400. Yeah, that's okay. Wow, I wonder any idea what these are costing. They didn't say how much more it would be, but they do come with like, uh, um, they, they've got. Oh, actually, there's going to be 5,000, but um, four. Uh, some of them are going to be in Canada, so basically, the rest are going to be in the U.S. Um, they come with like a little limited edition plate that, that's on the car on the outside. And then uh, like in the cup holders, like if you look down, there's like, you know, the rebel and the, 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 the empire symbol, there's a couple other things, but the coolest thing that it comes with is a, uh, a real life size, uh, Imperial death trooper, uh, mask or, you know, helmet. That's what? Cool. Yeah, yeah. It comes with it's a really like pretty cool ass helmet. I hope it doesn't obscure your vision because people are going to be using that while driving, of course. Yeah, they don't ship it with the car. I guess they like ship it to you separately from the car, but mm. uh, they probably don't want you like driving off the lot with it on and then crashing and suing them. <laughs> That'd but, be bad uh, PR, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so each dealership is going to get four of them, two in black, two in white. But I mean, who's going to buy the white ones, right? Um, well, rebel people, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's stormtrooper Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Um, if I were in the market for a Nissan Rogue, I probably would go for that, but uh, I think I'll pass. Hold out for that Tesla, that Star Wars themed Tesla. Yeah, the Star Wars themed Tesla. Well, you know, I've been looking into that more and more, and it's you know, it's not just the Tesla, but I you know, I didn't even think about the fact that I'm gonna have to put up like a power wall and all kinds of shit in my in my garage. Well, no. <laughs> which, which would mean I would have to clean my garage. And so it's all, it's all getting very it's all, it's all getting very cumbersome. You just need a plug, Cam. You, you don't need the power wall. That's that's like if you want to like elect you know electrify your house, but you can just put in the charger. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It seems 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 a lot like a lot of work. We'll see. Oh man, it's totally worth it <laughs> when totally it comes to pass. 
Um, so, well, maybe if I get in on this Snapchat IPO that's coming up, $25 billion IPO, wow. uh, maybe I'll make enough money to buy a Tesla and have a Powerwall. Um, so, yeah, that's set to uh, hit pretty soon. Um, so, basically, if you want to invest in Snapchat, you can give them your money and see if you'll make some. Uh, the Facebook IPO didn't do too well, but, you know, maybe Snapchat will do better. Facebook didn't do too well, right? Um, it, it definitely was underwhelming in terms of expectations. See, not, not that I'm some kind of investment maven here, Cam, but I feel like when there's a lot of hype built up by something like that, like... And doesn't the isn't the initial offering price already kind of high when there's a lot of hype behind it? Yeah, and then, it's, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're already paying the premium. The, the idea is to get in on the IPO before you know the market gets wind of the the actual value of the company. You know what I mean? And so right, right. when when the IPO actually happens, you're building value into your stocks. Uh, but, uh, you know, everyone already knows Snapchat is, you know, they've got like 150 million users daily. So, you know, where are you going to go from yes. there? Yeah, that's what I don't understand. Know. Like what's, what would justify an increase in the stock price once it's, once it's initially sold, right? Like, yeah, what, I mean, big... I mean, well, there are like what, six, seven billion people in the world. I mean, I guess if they could, you know, tap into, they, they, you know, conceivably could, you know, go much higher than 150, 150 million, but. I don't know, just taking all, you know, MySpace and Facebook and all those other things into account. I mean, Twitter's, like, dying. I don't know if you guys have seen the news about that. Yeah. But, like, Twitter really? is, like, Twitter is, like, dying, yeah. Um, and everyone thought Twitter was, like, never going to go anywhere. I mean, it's... Um, what is it for, <laughs> at the end of the day, if you think about Twitter? Yeah. Well, I think it's a brilliant service. Like, I love it, but they did not think about making money, so... Yeah. Yep. So yeah, throw your money away if you want on Snapchat. Um, the okay. <laughs> the NES Classic Edition dropped this past week. Did you guys see that? Oh, and no, no one could, but but no one could buy it. Basically, um, once again, Nintendo has undershot uh, demand, and everyone's pissed. It's funny if you go on Amazon, it's got like like half a star. Uh, because everyone's just killing it with reviews on like because they can't get it. It's like no one really even has the product. But <laughs> they're just giving it like negative stars. <laughs> uh, because like I mean they've been doing this for thirty years. That obviously works for them. Yeah. But uh, you guys gonna buy one? I'm not really. Well, when they Brian, when they you go first. when you can get one for sixty bucks rather than like five hundred. I, I guess it's not quite as legit. Like. You know, are those games abandoned where or should you still pay for them or whatever? But I don't know. I just feel like there's so many more convenient ways to play those. Like, how did they not, like, upgrade the controller? It's got a cord. Not only that, but the cord is, like, one foot long. <laughs> you got to, like, sit on Yeah, I heard it was really later. short. I heard everybody complain. That's retro, man. <laughs> <sighs> what a... I mean, I'm going to confess a little. I'm going to confess some serious ignorance. I have ignored this product completely. Is it just like the NES, or like what's? How does it differ from the original? No, it's it's like it's, it's like one, much smaller. Yeah, it's like one third the size, and you can't play cartridges. Like, there's no place to put cartridges. It just comes preloaded with 30, 30 past games, like thirty classics, but like probably 
only 10 that you're actually going to enjoy. Like your taste might be 10, Cam's might be 10, my, maybe different 10, but I don't think anybody's going to like, oh, wow, for all 30 of them. Mm-hmm. So it's like a flash drive, essentially, that looks like an NES full of games. Well, yeah. but it is a console. You plug it into the TV and all, so. Mm. And then you sit, you know, dangerously close because of the short controllers. I might pass unless I can get it cheap. Do you know that, Brian, do you know if you can add new, like, more games to it? I know there's no, like, cartridge interface, but is there, like, a flash drive or something or, or, like, a USB where you can... I can't imagine there's not, but I haven't heard of anything like that. Like, I don't think there's... Maybe they have, like, the the Amiibo contact on top. I mean, it's definitely, like, a pretty stellar lineup. I mean, I, I, I would say I'd play more than 10 of the games. Um, but, you know, it's still, like you said, you want to, there's only 30, and if you can't add more, I mean, that's shitty. But, well, I mean, what do you want for 60 bucks, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure I see the value there, especially because I probably own a lot of the games on a multiple format, in multiple formats already. Yeah, I mean, if you have any kind of emulator, it doesn't matter. I mean, aren't they mostly available on the actual Nintendo store anyway? So if you have a... Wii, Wii U, I'm sure they'll be available on Switch. Probably. Well, speaking of the Switch, um, that made a bunch of waves a couple months ago, and it's rumored that uh, a new Super Mario game, a new Skyrim game, and a new Splatoon game are going to be launched with when the Switch launches next year. I'll let you know, because I'll be in line. <laughs> Um, but what it, what is definitely not going to be released is the Zelda Breath of the Wild game. Um, they're basically saying it's definitely not going to launch when the Switch launches. Um, but they are saying that there are going to be different price points, so it seems that there's going to be different bundles, oh probably, with different games, you know what I mean? So, Tom, you can let us know about that. Now, now I, I know you're, like, Nintendo fanboy and are probably going to buy it no matter what, Tom, but are you actually excited about that, or are you just going to buy it because it's the next Nintendo console? About the Switch? I'm kind of excited about it. I, I like the idea of taking, basically, a... Hmm, how do I put it? Basically, a something more powerful than the Vita with me everywhere I go, you know? I, I don't know. I, I like the Vita because it was, like, it felt like a console, a handheld console, this literally is a handheld console that you can like take with you on the go. Um, something about like taking Skyrim with me as I travel just sounds badass. Yeah, it definitely, definitely seems cool. But I wonder how if it's going to be as cool as it seems like in the videos and all that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no telling. I mean, I, truthfully, I'm most excited about the new IPs, like the new Zelda game, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm not sold on the handhelds either. I mean, you know, how many things am I going to carry around with me? You know, I mean, I've got an iPhone, I've got an iPad. Like, what? Well, you know, why can't why can't they interface with that? Is my question. The Switch might just have a uh, telephone built into it. Then you're all set. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and speaking of Nintendo and our topic of slogging through things. Uh, you remember how we, we've talked before about like those escape rooms and I, I've done a couple. You, I think Tom, you said you've done some. Are you planning to? Uh, yeah, I've done a couple. They're awesome. Yeah. Well, if you are lucky enough to live in a city, uh, that is desirable, <laughs> um, the, basically there, okay, there is a Defenders of the Triforce escape game for Legend of Zelda and you can actually like, 
play like an escape game, like in real life. Um, they're doing it on in basically in January. They're going to be doing it in San Francisco in February in Los Angeles, uh, and then in late February in San Diego. And then they're also setting up dates for Seattle, Phoenix, Houston, Chicago, and New York uh, for after that. So you can actually go and participate in a Zelda-themed escape game, which is seems pretty awesome. Hmm. That actually sounds really awesome. Um, is that something that you just have to... So if you're lucky enough to be in a city, is it like a lottery to get in on this thing or something? Yeah, you got to sign up and all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's hoping. Yeah, right. Uh, hmm, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, although, I don't know. I just don't feel like I don't feel like I belong in that universe. Something about just like me in a t-shirt. <laughs> I'd feel out of place. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's cool. Is is that just uh, what? Is Nintendo doing that as a promotion, like for the Switch or something, or did I did I miss that when you were discussing it? Well, no, they they partnered with this company, and Nintendo they just basically partnered with this company and said, okay, go ahead, make a, make a make an escape game, and you, oh, can okay. base, you can base it on Zelda, and so they basically have come up with this. You know, the only thing that kind of seems kind of shitty to me is that it's six only six players, and you sit at a table. And then you have to like start searching around for clues and solving puzzles and and try to escape. Hmm. And then afterwards, when you're done, you have like a Zelda themed area and party and merchandise and videos and stuff like that. You object to the six player aspect? You want it to be like more? Yeah, I mean, six seems like a little small to me. I don't know, man. Too many too many chefs in the kitchen in an escape room, and you're think things get kind of messed up. True. Yeah, I, I mean, I think 10 is probably manageable. I see this being an attraction in the uh, new Universal Studios theme park, actually. S- way to suck people in and get them to do the escape room. And then when, you, then when you make it out, you get to go on a ride. Yeah, that would be cool if they could boil it down to like a two or three minute thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like make the queue interact, make the queue fun. Right. Yep, and that's Ooh. my news. Nice, yeah. The quality of your ride, like what you see on the ride, determines is determined uh, based on based on how well you do in the queue. Yeah, sort of like the test track where you got to build your own. Yeah, car. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. That's the that's it for news. In that case, I guess it's time to get on uh, with tonight's episode. And man, I am just I'm looking at it. and I'm not even sure I can tackle it. It's just it's it's a lot to take <laughs> on, and <laughs> I'm not even sure I can deal with it. We can slog through it. Yeah, we'll slog through it. Deal with it. We shall. Um, basically, the the idea here is, you know, I've been looking at. I actually happen to be looking at Dune on my shelf again, which is a massive book, and I know I'm going to like it, but I just have yet to dig into it because it's it's really intimidating. And that got me thinking about a lot of things that were intimidating, you know, at first glance, and then I ended up being like really happy. I I dove into it in the end. And so I thought we would kind of talk about that kind of stuff, like uh, things we just kind of toughed out and, and and how that turned out for us. I don't know. When you guys want to go first, you got to get you kind of get the idea, uh, books, shows, academic uh, endeavors, anything. Take your pick of anything. I'll let Brian go first. I'll start off by telling you, like, seriously, after the show tonight, start Dune. 
<laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> I'll get on that. I am not through like the entire universe of it because if you think that one book is long, there's like 18 more just as long. <laughs> wow. But uh really great series. About the only thing that I can think a really true slog in, and, and I, I know probably all three of us will have mentioned this. I'm sure some of, some of our audience can, can, uh, relate is I hate traveling alone. Hmm. Man, when you go up to Disney to like meet friends or something and you're just like, Oh, I'm going to have this awesome weekend and it's going to be cool. I'm going to see Mickey Mouse and Pluto and I'm going to go to Epcot and, oh, fuck. Three hours of talk radio. <laughs> So uh, a journey, any kind of a road trip by yourself is just like, bleh, for you. It's killer alone, man. Like, I've never really felt trapped with any single person, no matter how, like, you know, business trips or anything like that. As long as there's another person there, it's better than being alone. That surprises me about you, Brian. I feel like you, you I mean, I, I love to be alone. Like, I, I love to drive on alone. I love to travel alone. I'll go see a movie alone. Like, I, I don't know. I, I like that. There's just something about, like, the, the monotony of the road that just, I don't know, like, kills it for me. I'll totally go eat alone or movie alone or something like that, but trapped in a car for three hours? Ugh. And now you got, now you have overdrive audiobooks. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I've made that, like, the trip to up to Disney. It's like a three-hour drive from where we are. It's the fact that I know what's waiting for me that gets me through it. But, yeah, that is tough. So, a, a long road trip. Yeah, I, I could see I could see that being being tough tough to get through, but in the end, it's always worked out. I assume, Brian, right? It was worth the trip just to be able to visit, like, say, the Magic Kingdom or a loved one up in that area. Yeah, I can't really. I mean, I'm sure sometimes I've driven for. Well, no, it wasn't alone for them. No, I think every every solo trip has been worth it. You know, either a convention or Disney or, like you said, you know, meeting someone special. I'm fine. Definitely uh, better to share that journey, though, if you, especially if you can have a good conversation along the way. And somebody's not like sitting there on their phone the whole time while you're doing the driving. <laughs> oh, I, 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 it is. I have had a few people just like, all right, you're driving. Oh, fall asleep. Wake me up when we're there. Yeah, but that's thanks. That's worse than driving alone, in my opinion. Like, I don't want to be doing this. I hate driving, and you have the nerve to sit here and be comfortable and enjoy yourself while I drive. <laughs> that gets on my nerves. Shotgun has responsibilities. It's not. You know, just a privilege. Yes. Yes, agreed. <laughs> Cam, you actually like driving? Like, you could just drive by yourself for long periods of time and not be bored stiff? Man, I've driven I've driven thousands of miles by myself. Like, hundreds of thousands of miles. I, I drove, like, when I, when I was in law school, I drove, you know, from Orlando, from Florida to D.C. and back several times. Uh, I've driven from like Dallas to Florida several times. I've driven from Michigan down to, down to Florida and back a couple times. I just throw in uh, an audiobook or music or whatever and just, just drive, man. Man, I've done as long it. As my... There's no traffic. I can't stand traffic, but if, as long as I'm moving and, you know, I'm fine. Yeah, when I, when I was in the military, I drove all around the country just like going from state, you know, when I was changing duty stations and stuff, like, I've done some pretty long trips by myself. I just, a road trip where you're seeing a lot of different scenery in different parts of the country is different than like toughing it out in like, on like the Atlanta loop, <laughs> you know, or something yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, if you, if you have a destination and you know, like where you're going, that's fine. But like, you know, everyday commuting, that sucks. But like, if you're, you're going somewhere, then it's like a different feeling. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Okay, good example, Brian. Good example. So, Cam, uh, how about you go next? What have you got in the way of an example of something you just were intimidated by, just slogged through? God, I would just say every sandbox game ever <laughs> that I've played. I mean, because I can't, I'm not satisfied with just beating the game, you know? I gotta get every achievement. Uh, God, like, what, Assassin's Creed? It took up way too much of my life. Trying to find all the feathers, you know, of the pigeons, trying to get, Oh my God. Every, just slogging through, you know, um, or even just like the MMORPGs, it's just like mining for, you know, to level up and shit like that. I mean, it's just, you know, and then you finally get there and it's like, okay, great. And then now, now what, you know? Wait, you get through it. Like you finish the game and you feel like unsatisfied at that point or. Uh, no, I wouldn't say unsatisfied, but it's like, then it's like, okay, well, what's the next one I'm going to start? <laughs> you know, oh, it's, I like gotcha. a, it's like a never ending, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like no accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how I am with Amalo right now. Like, I have to do everything. You know, mm-hmm. I can't just go straight through the storyline. And it was Dragon's Dogma before that. And I I have to mix in, like, some, well, what are, in theory, more straightforward games like Batman. But then they have a million little side quests, too, that pull you in. So there's really no winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Damn these video games. Is, that's the thing is, I'm the, I'm the, you know, I can't just go straight through, like, you know, say, like, Fallout or something. I, I know that if you just stay on the linear path, you'll you'll finish the game, you know. But I have to do the side missions. I have to go this. I have to get that. I have to find all the Nuka Cola caps. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just for me, it's just too much. Yeah, yeah, I know how it goes, man. I to give you to to, to this point though about it not really being an accomplishment. I like totally destroyed this boss the other day while my companion was watching in Kingdoms of Amalur, and I was like, man, I wrecked that guy. She looks over at me. She's like, yeah, you, you definitely press some buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Good job on the button mashing. I'm about to say it. I questioned our relationship at that point, but uh, <laughs> definitely evaluated it for half a second. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So I'm right there with you on those games, man. The, any kind yeah. of, even a game with a sandbox elements, you add a sandbox component and I'm, I'm screwed. I, lo- I long for the days of like linear platformers. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, what's wrong with Contra? You know, where you're just going and going <laughs> right. and going, and, you know, and you get to the end, you beat the boss, and you go to the next level, and you go, 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 and maybe I will get the NES Classic. Actually, yeah, you know yeah. what? Just for, just for like, taking my life back. That's a good yeah. idea. <laughs> God, but God, but even that one. Like, I remember when I had, with the original NES, I had, um, uh, I was so excited I got Zelda. You know, like, when the first Zelda came out. And it oh, had, yeah. like, the, the golden cartridge, and, like, you pull the cartridge out, it was, like, the freaking god singing, you know what I mean? And uh I would not sleep. I would, I would not let that game, like, basically, I would leave, I don't know if you guys did this trick, where, like, you just left, you just put the game on pause, and then just turn the TV off, and then just, like, went to school, and then came back home, and then turned the TV back on, and then <laughs> yeah. on pause. You know what I mean? Because, like, there were, like, you couldn't save games, like, you know, there's so many games you couldn't save, and if you died, that was it. So, like, yeah, I, I remember just speaking of slogging, like, I would not stop until I beat that game. Yeah, I did that. Uh, did you guys ever play the submarine game Silent Running? Yes. Well, wow. I didn't realize that you could, like, zoom out to the map and, like, quick travel, essentially. So I thought you literally, <laughs> like, I was like, this game is so realistic. It's going to take me, like, a day to get, you know, with my with my diesel engines, like, plop, you know, taking yeah. me along to get from place to place. So I did that very thing. I turned the TV off and came back like at the end of the school day 
and the game was all was glitching out because you weren't meant to like oh. <laughs> go that far in that mode. <laughs> oh man! But uh, yeah, I think it was I think it was Silent Runner, wasn't it? Uh, Silent, I think I Silent was, Running was the movie. I think I thought Silent Running was the submarine. I mean, maybe I don't know. I'll, I'll call it Runner. Whatever. The yeah. point is, you're supposed to be quiet and not get blown up by ships. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, yeah, I um, yeah, that that was the thing though too. Is that like I can't. I'm trying to remember what game it was. Uh, I mean, it's similar, I guess. I mean, I guess just Fallout is one of them. But like, you know, a lot of these games were like, you know, you have to go to a place before you can like quick travel to it. You know what I mean? Like, God, that's such a slog, especially when it's like all the way on the other side of the map, you know, and that's sort of what I was getting <laughs> yes. at. It's sort of what I was getting at with like the, 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 the sandbox games. It's like, okay, yeah, go to this place and complete this mission. Great. But then it takes you like hours to walk there, even if you like quick travel to like the closest place. And then on the way there, of course, you encounter like 25 other things that sidetrack you. It's just, it's, I mean, it's great. That's what the games are there for, right? I mean, that's what they're, that's what they want you to do. Um, and I love doing it, I guess, but it's, you know, thinking back on how many hours, like man hours I put into that thing or woman hours, not to be sexist, <laughs> you know, I mean, I really would love to know that I, I, I wish I had like an internal chronometer of like how much time I've spent playing video games and just like see like how much of my life has gone because of those. Yeah. Uh... Hour counters in games are really bad. When I saw how much how much time I spent in Skyrim, I was like, "No, this yeah. can't happen again." <laughs> oh, Brian, man. are you still playing that one game? Uh, what the hell was it? Um, was it BDO? Oh, Black Desert. Yeah. Ah, you kind of not nearly as often. Yeah, I never even started because I knew like it'd <laughs> be a big mistake for me. I, they kind of, I mean, I you know, it's their business model. They needed to do it, but uh, they accelerated everything in North America, and uh, I think on the European servers to kind of get the game caught up to Korea. Mm -hmm. And when it was like close enough to caught up, they're like, "All right, Korean rules now." No shit. So people have been talking lately. I think it's like four hours per one percent. Of experience from like level 59 to level 60. Oh my god. And if you, like, if someone kills you, cause it's kinda, you know, PvP, uh, or if you die, you lose an entire percent. Ooh. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I don't have that much time to devote to, uh, nothing. Yeah, that sounds cool. Wow. Why'd they make it so punishing, I wonder? To keep, I, you know, to keep people going, keep people playing for forever. Yeah, yeah. Americans don't yeah. have Americans don't have patience for that shit. Sorry. Uh, okay. So Cam, that's a good one. So we've got we've got a couple. I I, I already mentioned Dune as my first example. Um, I'll, I'll go back to to reading for my second. I since like I want to say the late nineties put off uh, a Song of Ice and Fire. Right. And, and that, and that's before it got, it was, it was a couple volumes long and for whatever reason, it just seemed intimidating to me. And I put that off until basically, uh, dance of dragons came out. So like, I was like this, this new game release or the new game, this new book release. And I'm like, Holy crap. Now I, I, if I, I better get to it now or I'll never get to it. And so I just like started with the first book and just started 
and I think the show was was had just come out. It was starting to build up some hype. And I'm like, I'm not going to watch the show until I read the book so that I can be like a, a critic. And uh, so I read through them all before I ever watched that show once. And I wish I hadn't because, of course, that, that makes you like really critical of the show. But wow, totally worth it. And totally worth like the reread I'm going to have to do every time a new book comes out so that I can remember what was happening. The the, the first one is, is a tough read for sure. The first book? The first book is, uh, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, it, it gets much better towards the end. But it the first, like, I'd say, what, probably half the book, Brian, do you think, is a, is a slog. Well, for me, it was. Yeah, it's been a while. I don't remember the exactly, you know, the point. But, yeah, it was definitely different. It, it starts off. And, but it really hooks you at the end, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, they're easing you, they're easing you into, like, you know, this is this is a rather this is a mundane medieval world, and and magic's slowly returning. So it's the I think it starts off as mundane and medieval at first, right, Cam? And then yeah. by the end, you're like, whoa, shit's getting kind of awesome. Well, here. Pl- plus, if you're not used to the whole like skipping around thing with like you know, the different oh yeah, the point of view, the, yeah. the different character POV, yeah, it, then it's um and you know because you know typically you're sort of getting the narrative like straight from the writer or from the main character or the protagonist or whatever. Here it's like you're getting a whole bunch of different people, and you, you're, you're left to sort of piece it together, and you don't know where it's going and what's happening, and like you know, especially if you don't know anything about the the universe or whatever. If you just picked up that book and started, um, it would be you know, it, it was it was it was tough for me, especially when I was younger. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, definitely worth it. A hundred, one thousand percent worth it. And and the later books, I don't think suffer at all from that, but definitely the first one. I guess I'm the like sole voice of dissent. I I am coming up actually on twenty years waiting for the end of that story. <laughs> yes, you yeah. are because you're the you told me about it like when the first book I think came out, man. Yeah. I think that was actually the third book because I wasn't even okay. an early adapter. Okay, okay. And I gotta tell you, nothing he writes could be worth that. <laughs> I'm so over it. I just feel like I, I'm invested to the point now. Like I, I should just wait till he's done. Like if he finishes, and and just not revisit these until then. But I really do want to know what happens. I, I just, I really like the parallels in that world between that world and ours for like just missing the forest for the trees. They're so busy clawing each other's eyes out that they don't that they're missing the big problem on the horizon. And that is such an apt description of our current reality that. I, I think the, I think that that series really resonates, but yeah, I, I don't regret finally slogging through it. It wasn't, didn't feel like it didn't feel like too much of a slog. Just the waiting when, yeah. when the books come out, it's no more, no more slog, but you know, the decade between them. Yeah. Like that's really just dude. Like, like just finish the freaking books. I know you have other projects you want to work on. So put fever dream down, finish this one. Yeah. Right. Right. And that, that's what Eric, it's not like he's just goofing around. Like he's doing other like ambitious writing projects that are distracting him from, from this, you know, I don't know. More power to the guy. I just, uh, he's making it a slog where it really needn't be one. Yeah. And at this point he can pretty much do whatever he wants. No one's making him do anything. That's for sure. Well, that make that makes it more scary because now he's, it's not like he's hungry, right? He, oh, I gotta make, I gotta write these books to make, make my living. Like he's just good to go. Yep. All right, let's do another round if you guys want. 
Sure. Don't, don't want to make this episode a slog so we can go through it fairly quickly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back around to you, Brian. We got You got another one? I got another one, but I can't really talk from personal experience because what I studied in college and university was was so fascinating to me that it just seemed to like blow by. So I'm going to acknowledge that, you know, higher education's kind of recognized as a slog, but I don't know, study what you love, I guess. I mean, unless you actually want to make any money. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I was actually going to bring up my university days as a slog uh, since you mentioned that. I love computers and wanted to study computer science, but man, I had a tough time um, in some of my classes. Like I was questioning my my path more than once. I don't anymore. I turned out to have a, a really lucrative career and a fun career. And I do stuff that I like for the most part now. And so it was worth it in the end, but... Yeah, I'm one of those people, Brian, who would who would tell you that that school could be a bit of a slog. Yeah, but I'm glad I'm glad I stuck th- stuck to it and, and made it through. I think there was one class for one semester that I really hated, and and everything else was just I mean, Gothic literature, Victorian literature, Elizabethan literature, Shakespeare history, Shakespeare tragedy, Shakespeare comedies, like the history of Shakespeare. Oh my God, just just. Such interesting, and all I was doing was reading, you know? Like, I would have been doing that for free. Man, what a major. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Cam? You were no academic slouch yourself. How was uh, school for you? Eh, it wasn't that bad. I, I'm sort of like Brian in terms of, it, 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 it was stuff that I enjoyed, so it wasn't that big of a deal for me. Yeah, I think, like, computer science is, there are, like, smatterings of things I enjoyed, and then things I was like, I don't really, because it's, it's such a broad field and there's so many, like, so many aspects of it. Some of the aspects I just did not relate to, I guess. But on balance, yeah, totally worth it. So, Cam, that was Brian's second time out. What have you got for round two? Uh, I would say, um, you know, I was going to go with the schooling thing, but, you know, when I, the more I thought about it, it wasn't that big of a deal for me. Like, like I said, I, I got through it. It wasn't anything that was so horrible that, like, I was like, oh, God, I can't do this. I, I got to get through it. But, you know, I will say that looking back on it now, you know, however many years later, I, I couldn't imagine doing it again. That's for sure. Mm. You know what I mean? And certainly if I would have gone with the different – with the other major that I had started out in, I was going to go to medical school. Uh, that probably would have wow. been a lot – that probably would have been a lot worse. Oh, you were thinking about being a doc? Yeah, but I, you know, I hate math, so <laughs> wouldn't have been very good. You say you say it's math intensive, uh, Cam. Is that what that what stopped you? Or yeah, I mean, I love science, but I don't like doing like like the the work of science or, or, or of you know mathematics or equations or anything like that. Hmm, that's weird because you're you're somewhat analytical and or you you're quite analytical, and I think to be a lawyer, there's a level of analytical thinking involved. So it's, it's strange to me that, that math doesn't, I'm not saying that you, that you should be a whip at it, but that it doesn't kind yeah, of appeal bad. to you. I'm not bad at it. And I'm, I'm not great at it either. I'm, I'd say just average, but I don't know, just for whatever reason, if, if I had to sit down with like 
a calculator and graphing paper, like I would, I would want to, I'd want to kill myself. Oh, the practice of math. Okay. Yeah. yeah as you said. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. That's fair. They, they don't really do a lot to make math compelling, do they? Like you're just sitting down and you're, you're learning these techniques, but nobody really tells you why. Mm-hmm. When you were in high school, Cam, kind of Brian and I went to the same high school and I think we probably were taught, uh, under the same philosophy did they basically when you were when they were assigning homework? Did they tell you to skip all the word problems? No, they actually focused on the word problems in my school. Ah. You know, they they made you like, you know, I mean, of course you had to like show your work and do all that stuff. But and I'm actually glad they did because when I actually ended up going to law school, part of the law school admissions test, the the LSAT, is this section called Logic Games, where that's where most people fall down because it's, there's three sections: there's reading comprehension. There's analytical questions, like short questions, and then there's these logic games where it's like, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, and G are in a row. A can't be next to whatever. You know what I mean? Like those kind yeah. of things. And I think that really I, – I did well on that part, which a lot of people don't, and uh, I think that's probably what helped me. That explains your penchant for, for gaming <laughs> to this day. Yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that maybe you remember this, Brian, because Cam went to a – Cam learned real good in a good school – do you remember like what in algebra class, they would like assign, you know, do problems, you know, 10 through 36, skip the word problems. Like that was. A- yeah. I, I always found that was very weird, especially like I, I just had a lot easier time with word problems and the visualization. But yeah, they just like, no, do the easy stuff. Get your grade. Get done. Yeah. Get out. And that was even before like the FCAT and all that stuff. Yeah. And it, yeah. And in retrospect, I think that. Word word problems help you do help you visualize and, and apply what you're learning because otherwise why the hell are you doing the stuff you're doing? And and if you really think about it, it's going to be in any real life situation. That's probably what it's going to be. You know what I mean? It's not going to be. You're not going to like walk into a situation and there's going to be an equation there for you to solve. It's going to be a right, situation right. where you have to like critically think through it and then apply the principles to it. Right. Yeah. That, that's that's very much the case. That's why I, I always maintain that math classes. Really, and it, most classes should not be tests of memorization. They, like, here, t- here's the book. I don't care. Bring the book with you. Bring your notes. Bring everything. Apply the knowledge you've learned, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, I, I've said before, I teach at one of the local law schools here in South – well, there in, I'm in Dallas now, but in South Florida. And, you know, I tell my students the first day, I, I, don't, I don't care if you know the, the statute. You know what I mean? Anyone can – with Google these days, anyone can Google a statute. It doesn't – you know – you're not going to impress me by regurgitating what's in in the book or on Google. What I want you to do is be able to take that and then apply it to a real life scenario because that's what you have to do. Yes, yes, and I I cannot think of an applic of a scenario in which an engineer would be called upon to like you know hey we we need to get some calculations to you know build this bridge. Oh, okay, no no you're not allowed to use a calculator. Oh okay, no computers just for memory just write out these equations right. Check, show your work like <laughs> no that's not the way the world works exactly but yeah so i guess i guess that sort of led led us in a roundabout way to my answer it would be any science and math class i ever had <laughs> okay you you talked through it it was enlightening to an extent and enriching but <laughs> yeah did not determine your career course necessarily okay that brings it around to me i could talk more and more about school but i won't I will bring up something near and dear to all of our hearts. 
uh the nerd extravaganza podcast this very show <laughs> <laughs> we are now recording our 237th episode so if we average a little less than 52 a year yeah what are we on five years now with this thing um i think i think october is our anniversary so yeah well yeah four years and five episodes it's been it's been quite a run yeah and uh Man, it's, I have my ups and downs still to this day with the show because, you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, what, you don't know really where the goal the, – like, the show, is, the show is the goal, kind of, and it's work. Like, pe- people who are out there contemplating podcasting understand that there is a level of work involved, which is why most people, I think, quit fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. There's a level of work involved and there's no necessarily there, – there's not necessarily any material gain to be had. At least not easily or, or right away, right? Absolutely. And it's certainly a time, it's certainly a commitment. You know what I mean? It's not like you can just, you know, people think, oh, you just jump on for an hour and you're done. You know what I mean? But there's like so much more that goes into it with editing and this and that, you know, it's just, it's not just a, you know, you, you, and, and I mean, you know, it, it might sound, it seems simple to just, yeah, you meet once a week, but like even that, like life, you know, life doesn't allow that a lot of times. Yeah. It, it's just being consistent every week is, is a is a big commitment. Like there's times you're like shit. You know I have the podcast to do today and it conflicts with something. But you have to prioritize it. And you know again you're prioritizing something that you're doing for the sake of doing it. Mm-hmm. I think. What do you think, Brian? I think it's worth it though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say like maybe it's the definition of slog. I've never really felt like that I didn't want to do this. I mean, sure. It's a lot of work sometimes. And I mean, I've always said, you know, some episodes are better than others, but for the most part, it, it's, it's enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy the conversations usually. Well, well always. And you know, <laughs> when I'm walking down the street and a fan sees me and walks up, and, <laughs> wait, <laughs> I, you joke. I'm the only one, huh? Like, yeah, I have no, I have no fans. Nobody likes me. Nobody ever even like, oh, you're on the show. Oh, neat. <laughs> I would, that would be the most rewarding thing to me though, is if we had a community and we had some interactions more so than we do now, that, that would really make me happy. Um, just cause I feel like I'm connecting with other people more. I, most podcasts, I understand this is a common problem. you you have listeners, but you know, oh yeah, I'll write into these guys. They don't really have time. They're too busy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm guilty. I listen to a ton of podcasts and I don't ever write in or comment. I just, I don't have the time. I can't, you know, so sometimes it feels like you're just screaming into the, uh, into the abyss and and, and no one's screaming back, but we know you're out there listeners. We know you're out there. Well, speaking of a slog and our listeners, I'm, when are these goddamn Rogue One tickets going to go on sale so we can give some away? Oh yeah. Hey, no kidding. That's a good question, Cam, uh, and good thing you guys have slogged it out through this episode to hear about that. Cam, why don't you go ahead and lay out for our audience members who don't know, who, particularly those who are in the South Florida area or want to be down here when Rogue One debuts, let them know what we're planning. Yes, we are going to be renting a an entire theater uh, here in South Florida. For the Rogue One, uh, well, I, I wouldn't say the premiere. It's going to be within probably a week of the premiere of the movie. Uh, and we are going to give away several tickets to our listeners to come hang out with us and pl- uh, watch Rogue One for free. And who wouldn't want to do that? Yeah. Jerks would not want to do that. Only jerks. 
Yeah. So like you said, Tom, if they are in the South Florida area, that's great. Um, if they are not, well, you know, if you want to come, be our guest. But, uh, you know, we're not going to pay for your air for, <laughs> air for a hotel or anything. Uh, but we will have a ticket if you want to come to South Florida for, uh, you know, a $12 ticket. Uh, we're, we're happy to have you. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, it's going to be fun. I could rent you some couch space, depending on, depending on what, what you're willing to pay. And how how bad you smell? So yes, <laughs> those are the main main factors. <laughs> anyway, yeah, all the more reason to listen and pay attention and make it this deep into the show. Once in a lifetime offers like this uh, are to be had only to those who listen carefully mm-hmm. and diligently to the show and slog through each episode with us. I'm actually going to say I'm going to I'm going to say I'm going to go on record right now and say the first five people that send us an email after this episode will get tickets. And the next five people after that will probably also, <laughs> probably also get tickets. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> there it is. You will know our email if you listen to the end of the show because we tell you the email at the end of every show. So shoot us an email about those Rogue, those Rouge One tickets and we'll see what we can do. Sweet. Absolutely. This is going to be great. Now, if we don't get the theater, we're going to be like, we'll just send you, we'll buy you tickets at your local theater. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, we won't. We won't. I'm not committed no, to that right yeah, now. Yes. We, 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 make, we, make no, we make no commitments. <laughs> all right guys well i think we've slogged through this episode i thought it was cool absolutely kind of an interesting uh nothing like waking up groggy in the morning seeing a book you haven't read and coming up with an episode idea <laughs> <laughs> get on that man you won't regret it i won't yeah i i've heard nothing but good things and uh i'll make it a point of starting that soon i have a paper i actually have a paper copy too not an ebook Okay. With that said, then I think we can probably begin to say our farewells. Unless you guys have anything else. Mm, not me. Okay. Trudge on over to iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, or Google Play Music anytime you want to join us on our weekly adventures. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Add us to your Google circle and join the Nerd Stravaganza HQ group on Facebook. Check out our website, nerdstravaganza.com. Uh, check us out on YouTube. Uh, just type in Nerd Stravaganza into the handy dandy search bar and you'll see all of our video, uh, premium video content for your eyeball pleasure. And send us an email at nerdstravaganza.gmail.com. Like I said, first five listeners that send us an email will get free Rogue One tickets. Five Rouge Ones. Do not miss out. And with all that said, Rogue Leader Brian, take us away. Rouge 5, I'm going in. I really regret that I don't work at a movie theater so I can hear all the people who actually say it that way. Oh, just remember your days at Babbage's. If I heard someone say that, I would, it would be hard for me to restrain myself. As Brian just said, you should have been... Like, he reminded me of the Babbage's days. If you'd been there, you would have you would have lost it. Yo, you got Siphon Fighter? Do you mean Siphon Filter? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah we got it. <laughs> Final Fantasy Vi? <laughs> Vi! <laughs> you got- no, sorry. Sold out. You got Paradise Eve? <laughs> Paradise Evil? <laughs> I did get Presidential Evil once. Oh yes. God. You got Presidential Evil? <laughs>
Hey, don't get political with me, sir. <laughs> Audience, good night. Make sure you write us for those tickets and stay safe, whole, and happy until we slog through the next episode with you. Goodbye.